0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Welcome in, everyone, Welcome in, everyone to the game show for the Browns' uh, 23-20 loss to the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, my name is Andrew Spade. I'm joined by Mike Keefe. How are you doing, Mike? You're muted, Mike.
0: There we are. Hey, buddy. I was, I was just going to say, uh, are we just coming on to say hi to everybody and then leaving? Because what, what the hell are we even doing? Here? Like, what the, what the, We are immediately putting in more effort than like half the players I saw out there on the field today. Just by showing up to this podcast. We're so, putting in more effort than half the players I saw out on the field.
1: So I'm, I'm not great,
0: Andrew. I'm not great. I got a Mike's beer. unhappy. Here we go. <laughs> what time's the Cavs game? Okay, so
1: Mike's Mike's <laughs> gonna be the unhappy one, which I guess means that I have to pretend to be happy for balance. We can both be unhappy. Mm. You want you want to talk about the officiating off the top?
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, that's fine. Uh, the pass interference, I'm not mad about. Unfortunately, it was an offensive pass interference, uh, and unfortunately, it got it was a little overly obvious because that play happens in almost every NFL game and doesn't yeah. get called Cooper's that, done that this year. Other times and got absolutely, away absolutely. Yeah. And most, most NFL players get away with it. The problem was he just went a little hard on it mm-hmm. and, and it bumped Peters away from him just a little bit too much to where it made it look more obvious than it was. But I would have loved to not have that called yeah. because all of a sudden Jacoby Brissett's throwing dimes down the field.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't think he really needed the extra extension. I think that, I think he probably you know catches that
0: for. And, and you know what I think is such a bummer about that call, Andrew, is you're trained to do that as a wide receiver. Give yourself any advantage you can. And as long as you're, as long as you're not like shoving off, yeah, it's not going to get called. This was one of the yep. games that got called. I, I can't complain about it too much because it did like, uh, if you're looking at just the rule of the, 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 the base of the rule, and yep. when you slow down the tape and you actually look at what happened, yeah, it's there. Like it's clearly right. and obviously there. That that uh, when they grouped together as an officiating crew to yeah. talk about an, an offside versus a false start, absolutely awful, absolutely mm-hmm. awful. That I I have been a football official. I was a football official for a decade. I that was awful. I have never ever ever. In my life, seen a call where you had three Baltimore Ravens that were not just in the neutral zone, they were off sides. Yeah. This wasn't just a neutral zone infraction. These dudes were off sides. They were across the line of scrimmage. And then once all three of them went across the scrimmage, a guy jumped on the other side. I've never seen it at any level of football that you would call that a false start. Mm -hmm. At any level of football. Because, and here's where Gene Steratore's explanation on TV, if you were watching the TV broadcast, was wrong. Yep. Here's where Steratore's explanation was wrong. He's talking about a neutral zone infraction. A neutral zone infraction can be backed up. That can be backed up. But once you so much as even cross through the neutral zone, you are off sides. That can't be backed up. Yep. So to say, oh, well, you know, they had the chance to get back, but a guy on the other side jumped, so it should have been a false start. Absolutely terrible. John Harbaugh and his coaching staff convinced the officials that the center moved the ball. Right. And he didn't. Nobody moved the ball. Yep. Nobody moved. You had three guys in the neutral zone. And and what does that do? Why is everybody mad at this? And I am so rarely mad about one call in a game. And, and even in this game, Brown's could have done about 26 other things to win this game. But Absolutely. at that moment in the game on fourth and six. If they call an offsides on that penalty, as they should have, the Browns bring Jacoby Brissett back into the game. Mm-hmm. And they sneak the ball with Jacoby Brissett. And and they, they in all likelihood, outside of that one play last week, in all likelihood, are going to pick that up. Yep. And so it was, you go from fourth and one, where you're probably bringing Brissett, Brissett back out onto the field, to a 60-plus yard field goal that gets blocked. Yep. It's, it's I cannot... I don't, I will never stop doing this. And I will never stop all these people talking about I can I can't be a Brown. I will always be a, a Browns fan. I've, I've lived through everything. I've lived through yep. it all. Yep. But it is so hard to continue to do this week in and week out. The 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 new ways to invent ways to lose games. It happens to us every freaking week. Yeah. Every week this happens. Every week, there's something that happens in the fourth quarter of the game where it's like, well, that sucks. Shouldn't have won. I am, it is, I don't know how, I don't know how you, you flip it. I don't know how you turn that. Because other teams, other teams, and we're. Not, I'm not even talking about Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. Other teams, you give them the ball back with three and a half minutes left down a, a field goal, and you're feeling pretty good, not us. Not us. You should have seen the. I I put a tweet out about it. Should have seen the tweets back to it. Everybody was like, they're not going to go down and do anything. Everybody. Something is going to happen. It's not going to, it's not going to work out. And it doesn't. It is just stunning to me how this, how it happens. Something new every single week. I don't understand. And I don't know how we get past it. Yeah, I don't. I mean, there's.
1: It's not. Uh, I mean, officiating in the NFL is a problem across the board. It's not just the Browns, um, but because of everything that the Browns go through year in and year out, it does feel specific to the Browns in terms of that it, it keeps showing up. I, I, put a, I, I tweeted early in the, in the game from the OBR account that, uh, you know, the, the, the officials were going to be a, a, a factor in the game. I mean, I, I said that after the first missed roughing the passer when they, they picked up the flag on the, on the hit to his head oh. uh, in, in the first quarter. It was obvious from then that this was one of the bad officiating crews. The NFL has about, you know, five, six crews that know what they're doing, and then they have a lot of crews that don't know how to officiate the game. And when you get one of those crews, you just settle in because you know at some point they're going to make
0: a call that's going to cost you the game. Every single game is going to have good calls and bad calls. Right. Because all of these guys are human beings. Every single game is going to have good good calls and bad calls. But again, as a former official, when I'm watching those dudes, when I watch the officials huddle up on a on a false start versus offsides yep. call, yep. when I watch them, not just huddle up, but then have to talk about it so much that yeah. they have to like move a minute, away like a minute, from two everybody. Minutes. Yeah, yes. If if I, I will tell you this, if I was calling varsity high school football in Texas, where I used to call varsity high school football,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: and 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 tape of that would have gotten back to my supervisor, the guy that that sent me out to 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 uh, you know scheduled me for games and all that. I'd have gotten my ass reamed for that. Yeah, yeah. I would have gotten absolutely reamed for one, completely misapplying the rule, and two there are things that are obvious. Sometimes you do have to get together and talk about things. But when you get together and talk about that, it why other why were there four other officials in that huddle that had an input on that? There should right. have been two guys that had an input on that. The guy on the far side and the guy on the near side. And they should have come together and made the right call. It was absolutely... It felt like they felt like they needed to make a certain kind of call at that moment. Like mm-hmm. it, like they needed to make a certain call. And it absolutely hosed the Browns. It it absolutely... If, if nothing else, if you don't know... And this looks just as bad because, again, the call was obvious. But if you don't know, offset that thing. Offset it. We got motion on both sides. Offset it. Go back with what you were originally going to do. But this absolutely terrible that, that was yep. terrible and, I, and again I, I hate to be mr referee guy because i i i, I want to say that my experience leads me to other directions when it comes to discussing the game but at the end of a game when you're about to put the the ball on the foot of a kicker to try to tie the game to completely misapply a rule it's awful it's awful yep. awful
1: it's also worth mentioning the uh missed uh late hit on Jacoby Brissett on his uh, sideline pass to uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones that put the Browns in position to attempt that field goal. If that's called, it's another 15 yards and I believe they'd have the ball at the 25, which then inf- affects all of the play calling from there and, and makes the false start thing less of an issue because they're easily within field goal range. So um a really bad last drive uh, officiating. Three questionable calls. All three go against the Browns. So to your point, Mike, you you can you can talk about one specific call that and you're absolutely right. It, it, that discrete moment changes the game. But you can also talk about the fact that you have three questionable calls, all of them go against the Browns uh, in one drive. That's also kind of hard to find in the NFL. Typically, if the officials are bad, they're bad both ways. They don't, you know. And I, I know that there's a lot of people in chat saying it's always against the Browns, and I know how that feels, and I I agree it feels that way, but. Usually, when these guys miss calls, they miss them both ways and it evens out. And you say, okay, we'll move on. Three questionable calls in one drive that was either to tire to win the game, they all go against the Browns. And so you're but, left feeling like, you know, uh, as somebody said in chat, we're playing the, the Ravens and the refs
0: today. And, but listen, and, and, and you can only do this so much before you drive yourself crazy. Yeah, because, we're about to stop. Because it does suck. It sucks. Right. That, that whole scenario, that last drive, what the officials did on that last drive was awful. And there's going to be a report that comes out tomorrow morning, and they're, oh, well, they misapplied this, and they didn't do that. None of that matters, though. None no. of that matters. I hate no. I hate those reports. I hate when those reports come out. Yeah. The fact, though, the fact is the Browns scored 10 points in the first quarter and looked competent and good. Yes. Defensively, they looked competent and good. Offensively, they were at least moving the ball. They looked fine. And then they went from the, the, the second and the third quarter? What the hell happened? Yeah. What the hell happened? It was awful. The whole thing was awful. And, and listen, I just I don't know how this team just flips a switch sw- uh, flips a switch over and over and over again throughout the course of a game. Yeah. Throughout, how does this team come out and put together the most beautiful drive for a touchdown on their opening drive? The most beautiful drive for a touchdown in the fourth quarter—that seventy-five yard drive that they put together for the Kareem Kareem Hunt touchdown. How do they continue to do that? And then they, and then there's other drives where they just Brutal. Absolutely brutal. The things, when you run this offense, Andrew, when you run this offense, there are certain things that you can't do. Like, I don't mind, I will never mind throwing the ball on first down. Everybody that says Mm -hmm. you just got to run the ball on first down, that's called predictable, and every defense knows it. And I know we've got the best running back in the NFL, but every defense knows it. It's not just that you're throwing the ball on first down, but how many times... Do they either have a gain of nothing or a negative play on first down in this game? How many times yeah. did Jacoby Brissett get sacked or have a negative play on first down? Now, all of a sudden, you're at second and 12, second and 15. That takes the running game out of it. It is amazing. You, cannot, you have to call plays that are going to give you positive yards on first down. And whether they were badly executed, which some of them were, Or whether they were, Jake Burns called it out on on Twitter. There were a couple of those plays that were like major five, seven-step drop plays. Long developing, down-the-field plays. Jacoby has to wait for guys to get open. They don't. He gets sacked, and your whole scheme of your offense goes out the window. I just, man, I just, this whole game, there's so many frustration points and it's, it's everybody. It's everybody. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we can talk about the defense and I know we will, we could talk about the special teams, but it's just the frustration points are everywhere right now. Yeah. This, it's what it is, what it is, Andrew. It's a bad football team right now. It's a yeah. bad, we have a bad yeah. football team in Cleveland again, off yes. yes. freaking again. Yes.
1: Yeah. I think that, and that's a great, that's kind of a great point to, to start from Mike is that, they win this game, maybe, you know, uh, it feels like maybe they've got a chance to crawl back into the division, you know, with a win next week against Cincy at home and they're 500 and who knows where things go from there. But it doesn't change the fact that they have played thus far this season like a bad football team and um, bad football teams play bad on all sides of the ball. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, the, the special teams have been atrocious all season. The defense has been inconsistent at best, It you know, one of their better efforts today, but still not enough. Uh, and the offense has been inconsistent and increasingly so. Um, but I want to I want to talk a little bit about this whole Nick Chubb situation, because, you know, Nick Chubb is, I think, unquestionably, the in my mind, the best running back in the NFL. And, you know, there's a contingent to, to your point, there's a contingent of Browns fans that 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 live to get on the Internet for three hours every Sunday and scream scream into the ether that Nick Chubb needs to touch the ball 40 times a game for the Browns to win. And I'm not sympathetic to that argument. I I don't think that it's a straight line from the number of attempts that Nick Chubb has to, uh, you know, a, a winning game plan. But I will say that the Browns offense looks its best when early in drives, Nick Chubb has one or two Successful touches, and that's obvious for a certain uh, to a certain extent because if you run the ball for five yards on first down, you're putting yourself in an advantageous position. So the Browns need to do uh, more successful plays on first down. Is not the most uh, revolutionary statement in the world, right? But right. The, the 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 I think there is some validity here to the idea that when they go away from Nick Chubb in in game situations when Kareem Hunt comes into the into the game on a first down. I do think that that increasingly we're seeing a gap between Chubb's performance and Hunt's performance which is allowing defenses to not worry about the threat that Nick Chubb poses when he's off the field because Kareem is not the same player that he was for the Browns 2 years ago and 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 Nick Chubb now is increasingly the linchpin of this offense and you kind of can't, the Browns are kind of in a position where they're, I don't want them to become the Titans, but they're becoming more and more a team cool. that has a player in Nick Chubb that needs to be on the field more than 60% of the game.
0: You know, it's, it, it, I think you bring up another good point there. Cause we can talk about Nick Chubb and I, and I've got a couple of things I want to say about Nick Chubb, but I also, I don't love how they call plays for Kareem hunt. This is, I agree with that. This, this I, I don't think he's killer, putting, yes, he is a killer talented running back in this league. He is an amazingly talented guy. He is capable of being a number one running back on almost every other team. Almost. Almost every other yeah. team. He is this is where I that. think we disagree. Here's no, but here's here's my issue. On May twenty third. When Kareem Hunt comes into the game, the running plays that they call for him are always those long, developing outside run plays, and the uh, yeah. and 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 more often than not than not he's in the game for passing purposes, and that's easy to coach against. And so, for me, I think sometimes you've got to line the ball up and give Kareem Hunt the ball the way you give Nick Chubb the ball. Let right. him be like when we. What do we always talk about with Kareem Hunt when he's going well? He's violent. He is a violent runner of the football. When he's going well, he's a violent runner of the football. And when you give him those long-developing outside zone run plays, it takes away some of that because he has to slow himself down and look for lanes and all that. He's not as good as Nick Chubb at doing that. But if you let Kareem Hunt run a little bit between the tackles, get ahead of steam, and just plow through, Kareem Hunt is really good at doing that. He's good at making a guy miss and then bursting forward. And so I, I just don't – again, Kareem Hunt in the game signals to the to the defense, hey, they're either going to the edges or this is a pass play. That's what they're doing. And right. so I don't love how they call that. I, I think they should call the game the same for both guys. I think you'd see more similar results. I, th-
1: I think there's something to that, and I, I, and I also think that Kareem Hunt has lost a, a half step to a step. I, I think his burst is not what I have seen – in years past and i and i and i am i have i think that that happens to running backs you know at a certain point in the in their nfl careers it's not to say that he's not a good running back but i think he certainly to your point has lost some of the uh open field shiftiness that uh, marked his uh chiefs years and and certainly his earlier years with the browns and i and i think it puts them in a difficult spot because they're still using kareem hunt like he is almost a 1b to nick chubb and i think it's pretty clearly one and two right now and that means to me that Nick Chubb needs to be in the game more. Uh, and 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 to your point, Mike, in some situations that are unpredictable, right? Uh, I I mean, he was in on the last drive, which was a, a, a sense, essentially a two-minute drive, um, the way that they ran it. And and I think he handled that well. So I think that there is scope for mixing this up a little bit. Yes. And these are the sorts of changes to, to make this a little bit of more of a big-picture conversation. These are the sorts of changes we need to start seeing now because they're two and five. The rope is pretty much out here on this season. And so there's not a lot of reason. um, You know, uh, Kevin Stefanski has been a uh, stick with it kind of guy. He's been a let's not change things drastically kind of guy. Well, they're two and five. They've lost four games in a row. It feels like now is the time to start changing some of the things that felt like they couldn't be
0: changed. Four games in a row. Oh, Yeah, listen, uh, when it comes to Chubb, it's, it's too predictable. When it yep. comes to when Chubb's going to be in the game versus when Kareem's going to be in the game. Right. Uh, Chubb is more than satisfactory uh, being in the game in other circumstances. Uh, he's he's more than okay being in the game in passing downs and passing circumstances. So I don't, I what I don't like is I, I agree with, I want Nick Chubb to be fresh all the way through a game. But here's where this kind of separates for me. So I don't mind when they pull him off a little bit here or there, get Kareem Hunt in there. I Again, I had somebody blasting me in the comments on Monday's (laughs) show last week, like Nick Chubb squats 600 yards so you could give him the ball 30 times a game and he'd be fine. That's not Uh, how that works. No. That's not how that works. works. That's not how that works. The guy's a human being. Right. He's a human being with human muscles and legs. And emotions, Mike. and And he's got human emotions too. Yeah. Yeah. He can get sad. He can show his softer side. No, nah, but but like you're gonna have to take him out at certain points. And and a lot of times yes. it's when he tells you to. There's right. a lot oh, of absolutely. times you see yeah. Nick Chubb say, All right, cool, yeah, take yeah. me. Yeah, but here's here's where I have to separate it a little bit. I want Chubb to be rested enough. Rested enough later in the game, which means you got to play him later in the game. It means in those two minute drives, in those three right. minute drives, and this isn't necessarily about today's game because he was in right. there for a bit of that, but you gotta play him. Yep. There have been too many times this year where Nick Chubb is off the field with three yes. minutes to go and be on. Yes. yes. That can't happen. There's a reason yes. that right. maybe you didn't run him 25 times in the first half. Yep. There's a reason you keep him fresh so that he can do damage later in the game. They haven't done that. Right. They did a little bit today, but they still, I don't know. They still they
1: No, still I think you're it. exactly right. I think you're exactly right. And I think that, it, again, it comes to the conversation of they're two and five. They've lost four games in a row. This is the time to do the things that you wouldn't normally do. So if that means Nick Chubb needs to touch the ball, like, again, I'm not saying every week, but if next week he needs to touch the ball 35 times for them to beat the Bengals in in what is beyond a must-win game, it's really the last chance saloon for the entire season, uh, then that's what they should do because they've saved him. It's a break. It's a break glass in case of emergency game next week. It was this week. And I think you saw his usage expand a little bit. It needs to expand even more in my opinion, because he's the best running back in the game. I understand being responsible about usage. I understand not overusing a player when you're cruising to a victory against uh, the Steelers in the second half or whatever. But this is the time when that guy shouldn't come off the field for large stretches. And to your point, Mike, until he asks for it, give him as much as he can handle next week.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's it's uh I, I I find myself caught in the middle because I want them to run the ball more. But again, I, I watch these play situations develop and I go, well sure. oh, shit, that that hurts. Like I was talking about before. When Jacoby Brissett gets sacked on first down and it's yeah second and seventeen, right? It's not exactly run the Nick Chubb. I mean, it you still can, right, but it's not exactly the play. That's the, the the situation that's going to call for it. So, right, you know, on a lot of those three and outs that we saw in this game, that the Browns got themselves into negative territory. Yes, second and long, third and long. Yes. That's not Nick Chubb territory. Yes. Uh, and 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 for the most part, can he break one off there? Yeah, but but you're counting on an unlikely no. situation there. And, uh, and
1: and to be clear, I am not saying if they give the ball to Nick Chubb, the offense is fixed. The offense has a lot of other problems that Nick Chubb does not solve. The offensive line did not play well today. Jedrick Wills had a bad game today. I thought Jack Conklin was disappointing at times. The pressure that they gave up was was atypical for how this offensive line has played. Jacoby Brissett was awfully inconsistent. Nick Chubb touching the ball more does not solve those problems. But in and of itself, his usage is something I have an issue with where the Browns are in their season. If they're five and two, we're not having this conversation, but they're in a position where they need every last drop of what everybody's got. And he's the guy that's got more than anybody else so far this season.
0: And, and, and listen, this offense, it's good enough. They showed it in the first couple games. They have, they've totally missed out on it. The last two games, this offense is good enough to be putting up six, seven, 10 points a quarter. It's good enough for that. If yes. they just, if they just, even if they are predictable, here's, this is the thing they, I don't want them to be predictable. I don't like predictable play calling, but even if the Cleveland Browns are predictable, their offense is good enough to get them points every quarter and actually right. probably a decent amount. This is an offense, even with a backup quarterback that is good enough to be going out there scoring in the high twenties or 30 points almost every single week. And they just get into these ruts. The The reason The reason they got to figure things out play calling wise is because when you're playing your normal game and you've got Chubb involved, even if it's not on first down, maybe it's on second down, maybe it's later, whatever, when you're getting Chubb involved, when you're getting yourself into second and six, second and five, third and two, third and one, you're pretty much impossible to stop. You're pretty much impossible to stop as an offense when you do that. And unfortunately, they keep putting themselves in second and 15. That's if you want to know why the offense is stalling, that's it. You yep. get these ridiculous penalties. Yes. And I'm talking not, I'm not talking about the refs. I'm talking about bad penalties by the Browns. Yep. Mm-hmm. Consistent penalties by the Browns. You've got guys giving up sacks. You've got guys missing blocks. You've got all kinds of stuff going on that takes them out of what they need to be, which is a, a team that just is out there killing you with four yard pickups. Yep. And they can't do it. They can't do yep. it when when you're just when you're in second and 15. You can't. Yeah.
1: A uh, little bit of news from the post game. Uh, Jake Trotter on Twitter: We could hear screaming inside the Browns locker room after the loss. Stefanski Good. called it norm, "quote unquote" normal football emotion.
0: I know people are going to kill Stefanski for that. What do you What do you want him to say? Yeah. What do you want Kevin Stefanski to come out and say in a press yeah. conference? Yeah. Well, I'll give you a quick play by play. Miles Garrett <laughs> punched John Johnson in the face six times. Right. We, we know that's not true because I don't think yeah. John would survive it. Uh, right. I don't want to talk. Well, about he
1: would; he'd run away from the contact for sure.
0: Oh, that touchdown run! I don't know if we're ready yeah. to go to the defense, but that.
1: Yeah, let's talk run. about the defense a little bit. I mean, I think you know overall they did a a decent job of of defending the Ravens for the game. Uh, OG Philly said it earlier in chat, and I'll scroll up and see if I can and pick it out pick it out of chat quick. But he said, "Yeah, here it is." Silver lining, JOK looks like a player made to defend against the Ravens. I think that's a great point. There are some players on this team that seem dialed in to play Lamar Jackson, which is great. Uh, but they still let you know twenty-three points through. A lot of those were on the short field. You got to give the defense credit for holding them to field goals sometimes. And and the Browns' offense put them in tough spots by turning the ball over. But when the when the you know when the things were on the line in the fourth quarter, they needed to stop the running game. They can't do it. And and there's a physicality and a, and a a want to with this team that keeps showing up in crucial situations where. A guy's in the hole one-on-one with Lamar Jackson. He can't make a tackle. It was John Johnson. There's a guy that's got an angle on Gus Edwards as he's walking into the end zone and he and he slows down on the play. That's John Johnson. It's not just him, though. It's also
0: Jacob Phillips.
1: Yeah, exactly. And 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 you know, he got hurt at the end of the game. I had a shoulder issue came out, and Deion Jones came in. They were, were alternating throughout the game. I don't think the defense is good, but they weren't. As atrocious as they were last week against the Patriots, I don't see that as progress. I see that as reflective more of the Ravens having some offensive issues of their own, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, and and letting the Browns defense off the hook a few times. Um, but you you can't sit here and kill the Ravens defense or the Browns defense when really you know twenty three points. You feel like the the Browns should have been able to come up with that against the Baltimore uh, defense?
0: Well, again, it's 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 very similar to the beginning conversation when when I say I don't want to blame penalties, but when penalties happen at a certain time, it sucks. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with this defense. I don't have anything to really blame them for. They played pretty well. Yeah, but when the when you score your touchdown with nine minutes to go in the game, nine plus nine plus minutes to go in the game, and then uh, you just got to, you're down, at, you're down a field goal. You got to try to stop the Baltimore Ravens and you let the Baltimore Ravens go down on a, on like a seven minute drive or a six minute drive, not seven, but whatever it was. Yeah. You let them just drive the ball down the field. It's, you got to, somebody make a play.
1: Right. Well, Please, J, J, JOK something. did, to his credit. He punched that ball out, made uh, yeah. a play out of nothing. I'm And I'm, I'm not disagreeing with your point, I Mike. Know. I mean, and your point is, That when they had obvious running situations again and again and again, they could not get the stop that they needed. That would have given the Browns more time to
0: operate with. But it's a thing that happened before too. It was yes, absolutely. First of all, first of all, again for everybody saying run the ball, get the ball back so that you have time to run the ball, so you have time to run your whole offense. Get the ball back. They're running the ball like they like you want to. But it's also it's also the drive before that for the Ravens that was the touchdown run. Yes, you've got them stopped. You've got them stopped, and Grant Delpit's holding, which again. Questionable call again yep. on Grant Delbit, but yep. the the they can't recover. Right, that that extends the drive for the Ravens. The Browns can't recover. Boom, touchdown Ravens. It's uh, the Browns just are inopportune with timing for the most part. Now I know that that strip, that fumble <laughs> say
1: it mildly, yeah,
0: that forced fumble was fine, but the Browns defense for the most part. You just knew the Ravens were just going to run, run and run and run and run, and they just couldn't do it. They just kept running and running, and the Browns couldn't stop them. And you knew they were going to run, and you knew any pass play by Lamar Jackson was going to be a short little swing pass out to the outside because that's all they trust him to do at this point. And they couldn't stop that. It just, it's just fourth quarter rolls around, and yes, I know JOK made that made that hit. Thank God he did because if he right. didn't, the, the Ravens are running that clock out.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: It's frustrating. Yeah. It's just frustrating. It's, it's, well, like, like we talked about. I, let's talk about some of the good, right? I think Jadavian Clowney and Miles Garrett were really good in this game. I think they were yeah, wreaking Although Clowney from the still outside. didn't
1: play much at all. 20, 23 snaps, I think. But it when was he so. did, when he did, he, no, made he an uh, yeah, yeah. But they're obviously, they still got him on a pitch count. They're trying to manage him through this injury. But I think Alex
0: Wright looked good for a span yep. of, of plays. I think, yeah. how about Taven Bryan consistently getting pressure on uh, yes. Lamar Jackson, not letting, that's what we've needed all season long. Taven Bryan figured out not to let guys go up the middle when when Garrett and Clowney or Garrett and Wright or whoever are coming from the outside. They He made plays on up the middle. Uh, uh, JOK obviously looked good, but, right. but unfortunately, man, Jacob Phillips sucks. Yeah. Taki yeah, is slow. Yep. Yeah. I thought Dion looked okay in his time. I thought he was yeah. all right. And then you got Delpit and Johnson back there, and again, yeah. just making losing plays. Yeah, Grant Delpit and John Johnson make losing plays. You want yeah. guys that make winning plays? They make losing plays. When I saw, when I saw Gus Edwards running in, and I saw John Johnson with an angle, yeah, easy and e- yes. absolutely with an angle, and he just let up, just let him run right past him. And then on Gus Edwards' other touchdown run, when I saw Jacob Phillips. If you look at the last touchdown by the Ravens on that short touchdown run, JOK read it right off the bat. He yep. read it immediately, went in and took out a blocker. Immediately. He knew what was coming and where it was going. Yes. Watch him. Go back and watch that play. Watch JOK fire in there. And 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 then Jacob Phillips is standing three yards deep in the end zone. Yep. And he doesn't make a move until Edwards has hit the hole. It's too yep. late. It's everything slow. The recognition is slow, man. Like some of these guys, some of these guys, they're getting their their time is running very short. Yeah, with the Cleveland Browns, it better be.
1: It it feels to me in some like a defense that has uh, some players that are able to transcend a bad scheme and still make plays, but a lot of players who aren't, and the end result is a defense that is constantly underachieving because Mm -hmm. despite the fact that they have these stars, there there's no cohesive team effort. And so week after week, they leave plays on the field. There were plays to be made against this Ravens offense today. The Ravens offense did not play particularly well, and a good defense probably holds the Ravens to to under two two touchdowns somewhere in the you know ten to 14 point range. The, the Ravens didn't play well, I don't think. Uh, and so you know we'll we'll break it down. Jake will have you know, his film room on Tuesday, and we'll we'll have a better look at it. But my sense watching it live was that this was another, as much as the Browns defense can be said not to have been as bad as they were last week, I do, I do still think they missed an opportunity to sort of dominate a game here today. And, yeah. You know, Mike, Mike just listed a lot of examples of them not doing everything they could to, to win a game for the Browns. Uh, and so, you know, it's, it's, they're in the same position again.
0: Um, but it's, but you know what, and and I want to give a shout out to a guy in the comments and he's done it a couple of times. Uh, P Diddy here, team just finds new and inventive ways to rip our exactly, hearts out. Exactly. Look at the way these Cleveland Browns have lost games this year. Yep. Every way you can think of. Yeah. Every way you can do this, uh, it all boils down to one thing, Andrew. You got a bad football team in Cleveland. Sorry, everybody. Your team Playing, losing football. Your team sucks. Yeah. The guys on it are not playing to win the game. They might be out there playing hard. I don't mean everybody. But when they all come together, they do everything they can to find ways to lose games. This uh, Think about the games. There's two games now that are absolutely ridiculous that they have lost. And I'm not even counting the Jets game. You lost to an Atlanta Falcons team that Marcus Mariota completed seven passes in that game. Yep. You lost that game. Yeah. How about this game? You lost. Lamar Jackson was bad in this game. Lamar Jackson, I think 160 total yards, which again, if you go into a game saying we're holding Lamar Jackson to 160, it was like hundred yards passing and like 60 yards rushing, something like that. Yeah. You go into a game.
1: Yeah. You take that every time
0: you go into a game and you know, that's happening.
1: Yeah, you take, take that Take every time. your life
0: savings and put it right. on a win. Yep. And they find ways to lose it. Yep. And and unfortunately, something has to happen. Yeah. And it and it and it and it needs to climb up to the coaching staff. 100 percent It has to climb up to Prefer. It has yep. to climb up to Woods. I'd like to see it climb up to those two guys first. Yep. Yeah. It also it's gotta climb to Kevin. Yeah. I don't mean fire, I don't mean fire him, but like, come on, man. Your yep. team is finding ways to lose games in games that they should have like 99% chances of winning. They did lose a game that they had a 99% chance to win. They're yes. finding ways to lose games, and that isn't just the players. It is organizational. Yep. It starts at Jimmy Haslam, and it goes to Andrew Barry and Paul D. Podesta and Kevin Stefanski and his coaching staff and all the players. They are all losers right now. They're all losers. <laughs> and I'm, I, you know, like I... Uh, it's just frustrating because I am the eternal optimist about everything. You probably have seen that through me through this entire time we've worked together, Andrew. I'm the yeah. eternal optimist, but they are all losers. All of them. Every single one yep. of them are losers. Yeah. And and I and I, I, I want to break it down and be more analytical than that. I want to break it down and be smarter than that. But the fact of the matter is you you have to have an effort to lose games the way you are losing games. It is hard to lose games the way you are losing games. And it's organizational, systemic. It's everywhere. It's a big yep. group of losers.
1: Let's talk about the special teams quick because uh, this is an area where I think, you know, it. This is there's been pressure on Mike P for going back to last season. I, I was fairly outspoken in the offseason that, that he was lucky to keep his job. Uh, I thought that making a change after last season and how poor the special teams were um, cost some games last year. I mean, we can go all the way back to week one when Jamie Gillen bashed a punt, And Mike Briefer said uh, publicly, without shame, that they don't practice uh, failure. So they didn't practice what you do after you botch a punt. And so Jamie Gillen didn't know because he'd never practiced it and he didn't grow up playing football. So we can go all the way back to week one of last year to to make the case and beyond to make the case for Mike Briefer. He's been here for four years and the Browns have never had even average special teams. They've been bad for four years. So he he could have been fired last year. He should be fired now. There's no reason to keep him. Uh, Literally any of us could go out there and do a better job. And and you know and and be less of a bigot in the process, uh, and and the, the team has been bad on special teams week in and week out. Now we understand, uh, you know, that that uh, apparently Kevin and Mike coached together in Minnesota for a while, and so they are personally uh, connected. There's there's a friendship there, uh, you know, and and obviously Mike was the was the interim head coach when the Browns beat the Steelers uh, at the end of 2020. And, you know, that that none of that changes uh, with all of this. But the Browns special teams have been bad. They made crucial errors again today throughout the game. And there's I cannot think of a single reason why Mike Prefer should be the special teams coach of the Cleveland Browns.
0: I think I will say this. I want to say in fairness because wasn't – am I wrong? Am I wrong here? I might be wrong. I'm wrong on a lot of stuff. Wasn't Prefer here before, Kevin?
1: He One year. Freddie hired yeah, him.
0: Correct. So yeah. – I think that's overblown. I don't think prefer and Kevin are necessarily like best friends. I don't think that's why prefer is here. Uh, okay. I, I think it's a fun narrative. I think it's a fun story, uh, to talk about, but uh, he was here before Kevin. And I think Kevin has just kept him here, but I, I, I think it's putting a lot of words into other people's mouths, including Kevin Stefanski to say, Oh yeah, they're like buddies and, and they've coached together and they like each other. We don't know that, but, uh,
1: well, I'm just saying it because Brad Steinbrook said it.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Uh, and and Brad's obviously very plugged in. But Yeah, that's uh,
1: all. I'm, I'm not pretending like I read something in a press conference. No, me. no, no. Yeah, yeah.
0: But yeah, no, listen, man. Uh, we can talk all we want about uh, guys not able to do things. But eventually, right. again, that has to come down to coaching. Absolutely. That has to co- it has to come down to coaching. Uh, at some point, we have to stop saying, oh, Dimitri Felton can't. Field a punt. Uh, oh, we got to send Donovan Peoples-Jones out there, even though he's the least shifty guy on the planet. Like, Donovan peoples oh, I'm talking. I was telling you today, I texted the group, man. Watching Donovan Peoples-Jones out there fielding punts would look – that's how I would look, except for I wouldn't catch the ball. Right. That's how I would look. He He's so slow to make a move that, yeah, yep. he's just getting – I love the comment from Brian uh, here. I want to know about punts. Why is our returner always running backwards? I was saying that to myself. At some point, don't you think, hey, this guy can kick the ball a little further, so I'm going to back up a little bit so I don't yep. have to retreat 20 yards to catch this punt?
1: And that's a coaching note,
0: right? The oh, coach
1: does. Sure. usually he kicks it about 60 yards. So you, for this one, Donovan, be on the 15.
0: Yeah, right. No. Yeah. Die. Done. We're not going to do that. But no, yeah, there's, but there's not. Andrew, you said it perfectly. At, through four years. At no point have you been like, wow, man, the Brown special teams look great. Yep. That, that, you know, like we had Tabor here for years and years. Yep. And how many times would you say, man, these probably, the offense sucks. We don't have a quarterback. Our defense uh, doesn't show up to games, but man, our special teams looks nice. Yeah. How many times? We say it all the time. Yep. Say it all the time. Yeah. Not here. No. You, you've got, again, it's it's all a function of everything. It's all a function of everything. Getting Getting your kicks blocked. That's that goes back to coaching. Yeah, getting your kick uh, go goes yeah. back to coaching. Yeah,
1: right. Penalty aside, sixty yarder York can make those.
0: Get, get, yeah. Why are you getting? Why are you the one team in this league that consistently yep. finds a way to get kicks blocked? Yep, and, by a linebacker. Having a dude return a punt with with no moves. Right. The dude Just caught straight. It. straight he
1: straight caught it on field. the
0: left side of the field. He went over to the right side of the field and returned it down the sideline. Yep. That was it. He didn't yep. make people miss. He wasn't like jumping in and out of tackles. It wasn't this great individual effort. He just was like, well, there's nobody on that side of the field, so I'll just go over there. That's how the return happened. That's coaching. The whole thing is coaching. I, and, and I know the Ravens are known for blocking kicks. The Browns get kicks blocked by a lot of teams. Not everybody's known for blocking kicks. It's, mm-hmm. it, it, it is all systemic. Guys, yep. fielding the damn ball, Ernest Johnson today, five yards deep in the end zone. And bringing it out. What are you doing? Yep. When does that ever work? When does it ever work? Never, never, it never works. Yeah. The way kicks have to be blocked at this point, you are praying, you are praying that somebody slips and falls to basically uh-huh. give you a lane. Let the ball go. What are you doing? Take the ball at the 25 yard line. It just, it's a very consistent, you've well, got good players. I like worse. Cade York. Yeah. I like, uh, I like Bajorquez. I think he's a really good punter. That play that he made on that field goals, catching the skipped snap uh, was awesome uh, to set uh, York up for the field goal, but it's just, it, it's constantly something new. It's, it's missed tackles guys, not being in the right spot, not covering the field on punt returns and kick returns, it, it, running the ball out, not lining up properly. At what point, at what point are we just going to be like, uh, Prefer Andrew Spade is going to be the next uh, special yep. teams coach because he can figure this out.
1: Yep. Yeah. Um. I and and it's worth mentioning on that bringing the kick out. Prefer has been asked about that by the by the media specifically, and his answer is, is that sometimes they think they've got it blocked up so that they've got an opportunity to run one back. So it's not. Let's not blame De'Ernest here and think that he's freelancing out there. Prefer thinks sometimes that he can return it past the twenty five, and he's wrong almost every time.
0: Almost every time. I think every time I, well, yeah, we'll say almost because I'm yep. sure there's been one or two where it's gone up to the 28, but the other things that you risk when that happens, right? Just take it at the 25. The NFL yep. gave you a gift of five yards a couple years back. Just take the gift, uh, mm-hmm. take it at the 25 and go away. Yep. So we
1: talked about the offense and, uh, the inconsistency with the mm-hmm. offense. Jacoby Brissett continues to play like a backup quarterback, which is not his fault. He is a backup quarterback. Uh, the, the play calling continues to be uninspiring at times, put the Browns in difficult positions, especially when they were backed up against their goal line and ran two pretty rough draw plays back to back. Um, you know, and, and there's some, I have some questions. I think we both have some questions about Nick Chubb's usage, uh, talked about the defense playing just well enough to lose. Uh, and then the special teams continuing to be a, a, a massive, a massive liability for the Browns going on four years now, which brings me to the big picture here. Uh, The Browns coaching staff has been held together in, you know, 90, all of the position coaches have been back year over year. Uh, The majority of the assistants all across the board, uh, the front office has stayed intact for three years. And I understand that the Browns made a large move for a quarterback who is not playing currently, but overall, the team went from being 10 and six to set, what was it? Uh, what was it, 7 and eight, 10 or 8, eight and 9 eight and last nine. year? 8 and
0: 9. I think 8 and 9, right? We're eight nine. Eight yeah, thank eight you. Nine. Yeah. yeah,
1: so 10 and 6 to 8 and 9, and now we're 2 and 5. The Browns are 2 and 5. And and as you said so succinctly, Mike, they're a bad football team. So when we've brought all of these professionals at, at the, you know, the roster has completely changed. They've got all new players from three years ago. The front office is intact. The coaching staff is intact, and they are 2 and 5. There's no other way to describe it. This isn't a matter of opinion. There's no other way to describe it than that this team is regressing.
0: No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. You're, again, there's a loser mentality. I don't know how else to say it. Yep. These guys are losers. Yeah. I don't mean that in a personal way. I mean, right. that literally on the field. Yeah. Just definitionally, they are not winning football games. I want to find a way to lose the game. That is what they are doing. They are just losers out there. All of them. All of them together combined are losers. It's, it's, and yeah, regressed for sure. Because look at Jacoby's numbers from today. He was fine. He should win that game. Yep. When Jacoby Brissett's out there efficiently throwing the ball, Yep. And connecting on deep passes, which, once again, they connect on a wide-open deep pass that doesn't go for a touchdown. Leading the league in that. Uh, he's connecting on deep passes. He's connecting on intermediate and, and short passes. Jacoby Brissett's numbers are good. Yep. Nick Chubb's out there running for however many yards per carry, but it was a decent number uh, again. Uh, so you've got guys out there that are making plays. in the, And like I said before, Lamar Jackson, 160 total yards, like 100. 110 passing yards, something like that. And like 50 to 60 rushing yards. That's it. Yep. Mark yep. Andrews not involved in the game whatsoever. Yep. W- why are you losing that game? Yep. What are you doing losing that game? Yep. Nothing makes sense about that. Nothing, yep. nothing makes sense other than this. It is a group of losers yep. and they will do whatever they can do to not make the one play they need to make to win a game. That is what this Browns team is. Whatever yeah. they can do to not make that one play, that's what they're going to do, and they're going to lose. And it
1: puts it puts me, and and I think, Mike, you and I see this the same way, it it puts me in a difficult position because I have defended Kevin Stefanski when people complain about his play calling. I have defended him in terms of him being a good head coach and, and I think a great offensive mind and play caller in this league. But it puts you in a very difficult position because the team is regressing. And you cannot absolve the head coach of a lot of the problems no. that plague this football team right now. And and so I'm not sitting here saying that I want to see the head coach fired. But what I do want to see, and this is what I was talking about with Nick Chubb's usage earlier, I do want to see him acknowledge yes. that what he has done has been responsible for the failures. More that, that, specifically. That
0: right? More specifically. Yeah. Because he's, he's good at getting up on the stage and saying, I got to call plays better. No,
1: I don't mean that. I mean... Yeah. I don't mean inter- I don't mean rhetorically. I mean practically. Correct. I mean he has a way of doing things. He has been very consistent and 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 measured, and he doesn't change. The, you know, when we expect to see a game, we expect to see Kareem Hunt in the game on the third drive, right? When yes. when when we see them play a team that want that they know is going to stop the run, they go empty. That they have a way of doing things that he has identified, and he sticks to it. And I think he deserves credit for that to a certain point. But now they've lost four games in a row. They're a bad football team that cannot find a way to win a football game. You cannot now continue to do the things that you have done. Now, doing it and expecting different results, that's the definition of insanity. So now is the time with the bye week right around the corner where changes are necessary. People need to lose their jobs. Responsibilities need to be shifted across the offense and the defense. Coaches need to coach a different scheme that That they need to emphasize a different way to play football because the way that they have developed over the past three years is not working. And I don't think it's going to change.
0: Yeah. I, I'm still at the point where if they fired Kevin Stefanski tomorrow, I'd be pissed. I'd be pissed. Absolutely. I'd be. Absolutely. That's not what I'm saying here. No, no, no. And that, but I'm just saying a lot yeah, of people are, a yeah. lot of people are starting to get to that point. I don't think Kevin Stefanski shows to us the people by uh, what, what he's like in the locker room with the guys. Yep. Uh, I think he shows his just agreed, you know, agreed. deadpan, normal yep. persona. Agreed. I don't right. think that's what he's like at all. So I'd yep. be pissed if they got rid of him, but no, but, but also it's, it. there's that middle ground between he's also not at the point where he, he there's no, there's no reproach. There's no, you can't yep. go after him. Invallible. for things. Absolutely yep. not. Yep. So Kevin's got to be better. Yeah, He's got to be better. I don't I don't buy the whole play-calling thing. I think no. because I also think Kevin Stepanski and Alex Van Pelt are both calling the plays as the game yes. goes along. And so I don't think it's just, boom, he's got to get rid of, uh, you know, play-calling and all that stuff. But he's got to be better. And, yeah. and like you said, Andrew, there's a stubbornness about him in the way he thinks he should call the games and yes. what he thinks is going to be successful. And I think there needs to be an acknowledgement by Kevin Stepanski saying, I'm wrong on this. Right. This is not winning games for us. Right. Uh, Because the number one way you stop being a loser, which all of these guys are, the number one way you stop being a loser is you look inside. You look inside and you say, I am coaching like a loser. I am not making winning plays. I am not there. I'm doing, he does a lot of things that I love. He is, he does a lot of things that I love. He throws up plays that I love. Agreed. Some of those short yardage plays where they fake a pitch and it's like an option where you can either pitch it out to Kareem, but then you pitch it inside to the tight end. I love those little plays when it's a short yardage situation. He draws up some stuff that I really do love. Yeah, But there are times where he also coaches like a loser and the players are playing like losers. You got to look inside first. He's got to acknowledge that he needs to make changes. Yeah, And when he does, when he does, then things will change. Then, Then all of a sudden, maybe you'd start winning a couple games here or there. Again, there's still a, all these yeah. games are winnable in front of you, but I, but I do feel like I feel like you know w- whenever you're ready to put a bow on this one. But this, yeah, this. Well, uh, I just, I just want to say no one game. more thing. A-
1: as an example, I thought it was very interesting that uh, David Najoku and Farrell Brown both left with injuries in in the late third quarter, early fourth quarter, and that forced the Browns to use uh, eleven personnel. They had to use three wide receivers because they were out of tight ends, and the offense looked good in the fourth yep. quarter uh, on those drives. And I don't think. That's a coincidence. I think that 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 they were forced through injury to break a tendency. I, I think yeah. that's I think that's something to think about when it comes time to, to suit up against Cincinnati last next week. Are are is there uh, is Kevin Stefanski's way of keeping things consistent and and reliable, steady Eddie approach? Is that making them too predictable? And is that putting them in situations where they're they're having to fight uphill yeah. a little bit?
0: Of course it is. Of course it is. It is. But yeah. but like you said, something they got to figure out something to change because now there's now there needs to be the middle ground, right, Andrew? There needs to be the right. middle ground between panic. You can't panic. Yes. Can't sir. panic. Yes. Uh, so the middle ground between panic, which you don't want, but right. also just stubbornness. Right. You have to acknowledge that what you're doing isn't working and make changes. Uh, and 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 now is the point where you, like you said, Andrew, you can experiment. Yes. You can experiment. There are things that should happen. You can experiment with play calls. You yep. can, when some of these guys aren't playing well, put John Johnson's butt on the bench and yep. throw in one of the other guys. Let's see DeAnthony Bell. Yeah, put DeAnthony Bell in. Why not? Put, put Phillips' butt on the bench. Right. And throw in, yep. I don't know who's out there. Jordan Kanasich. Why not? Yeah, put him out there. Whatever. Why not? That's, why not? Where, that's where we can go at this point in the year because yes. as Paul Spencer said... The season's probably lost. Right. Two and five. You need, this was the game. This was to me, this was the linchpin game. This was the linchpin as far as can you turn this thing around and go, or can you not? And you lost it. Yep. You found a way to lose it. Officials, officials help official assistance, but you found a way to lose it. And so two and five, unless you're planning on going on like a four game winning streak, which (laughs) right. I'm not picking them to win any of these games. Yeah, uh, you got to figure out you got You got to figure out how you can make changes.
1: Ten games left. You probably need you need ten games to you need ten wins to assure yourself of a playoff berth. That means they have to go eight and two.
0: Yeah. Nope. So I, I will even, not be picking even if you want not try be and, picking that.
1: Right. Even if you want to try and squeak in with nine, you got to go seven and three. And we know what the schedule over the next four weeks looks like at Cincinnati or home for Cincinnati at Miami at Buffalo and home for Tampa Bay. You got, you you know, you've got at, at most, you've got three losses left. And I just mentioned that they're playing the bills.
0: Yeah. Well, the bills chalk that up again, Tampa Bay looks like trash. I don't, I'm not counting them. I'm not counting them out against the Bengals. I'm not going to pick them to beat the Bengals, but I know how they play against the Bengals. And so I'm not going to count them out for that. Uh, Certainly not going to cut them out against the Buccaneers. Look at how bad they've looked lately. No, you're right. Getting smoked by the Panthers uh, yep. in a third-string quarterback yep. they're today. They're in crisis. Lots of teams that they could still beat, but things yep. have to change. Things have to change. That's things what I mean. To, you that's, have to uh, change yeah. things. No, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. I got a kid that is crying upstairs, and so yeah,
1: we got to wrap it up. So the Browns are two and five, and they're a bad football team. Uh, hmm? Mike, you'll have the round table tomorrow night, and uh, if you say anything else other than that, I'd be shocked because that's the that's the takeaway here.
0: Monday rewind tomorrow night. I know it'll be me and Cody for sure. And Fred, Fred will be on there. Uh, we'll talk about it. Uh, I'll be real interested yeah. to talk to Fred about what he heard uh, from the locker room situation after the game. Uh, yep. Obviously he'll bring a little insight for that. Uh, I had a question for Cody um, that was in the chat about uh, different ways the Browns have found to lose games. So I'll ask him that tomorrow night, but yeah, make sure you're tuned in to the Monday rewind tomorrow. Uh, I probably won't be all that settled down by then, to be honest.
1: No, Nor should you be. They're a bad football team. And it's, it's really frustrating. We thought that the team was going to struggle with Jacoby Brissett as quarterback. He's played well enough over the course of the season thus far that they should be at least a 500 football team. So to be where they're at is incredibly disappointing. Everybody deserves criticism. Mike and I agree on that. And uh, it's, it's not where we wanted to be as Browns fans to be two and five after seven games. And it's an ugly situation. And I think, you know, worth looking ahead a little bit already to monday night it could be a very ugly situation next monday night with a home game and a team playing this poorly there could be some real angry fans on a halloween night in cleveland so uh, as i say we will uh, be back with you tomorrow night for the round table jake will have the film breakdown on tuesday which i do not envy him for having to do uh and then garage beers later tuesday night and uh that will we will Drag you kicking and screaming into week eight against the Bengals. Uh, Let's go Cavs. Tomorrow night. There we go. Yeah, we'll talk Cavs probably on Tuesday night. You sure will. There's other things to look forward to as as Cleveland sports fans and just the fact that it's Halloween week. So thanks for joining us, everybody. Another tough Browns loss, 23-21 to the Ravens. We will be back tomorrow. Until then, uh, for Mike, I'm Andrew. That's it. Bye-bye. Cheers.